it's okay to have an obsession. I dive into my craziest, imaginative and plain stupid obsessions. Mentally Obsessed is a podcast in which people can share and relate to obsessions anytime, anywhere. Obsessing over a game? I'll talk about it. Obsessed with World of Warcraft? Yeah, me too. Whenever the opportunity arises, I also interview celebrities or people of interest. So, what are you waiting for? Let your obsession reign free. And if you like what you hear, consider following and sharing with friends. Come nerd out with us too on Twitter at Mentally Obsess. My next guest is the voice in the 5v5 Right Games Tactical Shooter, Valorant, Effie Nkrumah, talks all about Astra, my main and my favourite character. Hello Effie, how are you doing? I'm great, Reese. How are you? I'm great, thank you. So how's the COVID situation? <laughs> uh, we got let out of lockdown a week, two weeks ago now, a week ago. So it's a bit surreal because so many of us are still working from home. So it's like, I've forgotten what it means to go out. What are these <laughs> roads? like? <laughs> but I oh. mean, I think, yeah, we've handled it. And I feel like, uh, you know, it's given everyone a new appreciation for life. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I never went out still haven't gone out since we come out of lockdown like everyone's just stopped wearing masks as well like it's not mandatory anymore but I'm still like why aren't you wearing masks this thing's still a problem yeah. there are days <laughs> when I walk out of my bedroom and I'm like something's missing oh I'm not wearing my mask <laughs> <laughs> it's just become like a part of our lives now wearing a mask yeah absolutely <laughs> so we'll dive into the first question and it is what drove you to apply for the role for Astra and Valorant okay um so I did I didn't how do I say this? I, I got invited to an audition for Astra. A good friend of mine called me and she actually thought it was for a radio play. And so she gave me a call and said, um, there's this radio play that I think you can go and audition for. And I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. So I went and when I found out that it wasn't for a play, but for a game and for a character and for, for a character that was actually Ghanaian. And I was like, oh, she, I have to give this my absolute best shot because I love this idea. So yeah, I love what Astra stands for, who she is. She's so close to me in many ways. And as a as a Ghanaian who grew up in diaspora, you know, people talk a lot, a lot about this question of whether representation matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like if it doesn't matter to you, that's good, but it does matter to some people. And I'm one of the people that it matters to. <laughs> and so it was really lovely to think that as a performer, there was a role that actually represented things that I I live and that I experience and I'm close to. Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely important to meet people in from all different kinds of the world. It's definitely, especially Black people, really important, especially yeah. what's going on in the yeah. world today. And to make it so specific, um, I, I really respect um, creatives that pay attention to the specifics because I believe that specificity is universal. Universal. Um, the more specific you can get, the more people can understand, which is weird, but I feel like it, it works. And in this, they were very careful and very intentional about making sure that Astra um, is has specific ethnic uh, specific, specific ethnic background in terms of her Ghanaian heritage, which is great. And yet she's able to do what a lot of Ghanaians can do, and that's represent all of us. 
And in a time where people are now starting to think more about what the continent of Africa is, that it's, oh, it's more than South Africa. It's not a country. Um, it's great that they chose somewhere like Ghana, which holds such historical significance in terms of the global Black diaspora, um, in terms of sporting, in terms of political history and the independence of Africa. Um, I think it's great that they chose Ghana. So, yeah, that's me rambling, but... <laughs> it's fine. <clears throat> You're from Ghana yourself, aren't you? I am, yes. Both my parents are Ghanaian. Um even though I grew up in Australia and I lived there for just under under 10 years, about nine years, I lived in Ghana. Um, just before, uh, I left just just this year um, and we'll hope to return sort of when the situation around the world sort of comes down a bit in terms of travel. It's very close to my heart in many ways. Uh, my parents never hid, hid our background from us. We celebrated it all the time and I'm really grateful for that. Which I don't think your parents should hide it anyway. That's really bad that some people will have to hide their heritage. Yeah, yeah. Or, or that some people feel uh, reluctant to celebrate or share it. And and I think that that makes life even more difficult because at a point in time, I think, I I mean, this is really a wild stat, but I think at a point in time, 60 to 80% of diasporans, regardless of what you're a diaspora of, which country or, or ethnic group you're a diaspora of, um, will ask the question about the identity. Who am I really? And if you if you don't ask it, I think there's a point where you'll be confronted with a piece of information that just makes you go, oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. what that is in me or my mom or dad or siblings or that's what that, that's what that question that I've actually never realized I was asking internally was. Um, but yeah, I love that my parents really tried to to make sure we had a, an understanding of it. Did you um, have any interests in the video game industry? It's so weird. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's not something that I, I I'm not a gamer. I don't get up and think about gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, because I'm a performer and a creative, and in terms of um, genres of books or films, I do have a real interest in 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 fantasy, um, in terms of the aesthetics and the themes, but also I guess in in action. And when I say action, I I'm not an action like I will pick a drama or a, a rom com over mm. an action film any day. But I do love. Um, teamwork and and competition and sort of like you know um the greater good and all of that and I think all of that comes into gaming perhaps if I had a bit more time or if I had friends that were also into it I I feel like I might have been a gamer yeah I mean there's still more time in life so maybe I will become one Do you think Valorant would make you, well, increase your chances of becoming a gamer or or at least trying games? Oh, yes. Uh, I have been trying to just take time to to play Astra uh, myself. But I feel like, okay, so this is the thing. From what I know of the game and of what I know of Astra, she's one of the more complicated ones. And you do need a team. She needs a team. She's not the easiest to play, not solo. What there's a word you have for it? Competitive or um, yeah, there are two levels, right? Yeah, you've got unrighted and competitive. Yep. Yeah, so I think from what I kept, what you know, when I was researching and 
kind of trying to understand how the, the gaming community or the Valorant community rather took to the to to the agent. I realize a lot of people said she's better in a team. And yeah. that's me. I love teamwork. And so I, I guess it's just a, a matter of finding the right time to get together with some people who play it and uh and learning and probably maybe just starting off uh really slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of answered this a bit a bit, but did you ever have knowledge of Valorant before applying for the role? Well, getting invited. Yeah, no, I didn't. I had no uh knowledge of it. The closest I got was League of Legends. And mm-hmm. that's because when I read up about it after the audition, I thought, oh wow. I thought, oh, I've heard of League of Legends. I've and and that, you know, after seeing the mock-up, the original mock-up of what uh Asher was gonna look like and all of that, I was like, oh, I've got to research this more because it sounds so fascinating. And I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> I think <laughs> I saw the video. I remember what the uh the trailer was for, but it was like a trailer with Yoru and uh a couple of other characters that I was like, oh, awesome. Oh yeah, that yeah. was like the the announcement trailer, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah. And, so, and I had all it had mainly game playing because uh, these days they do like a cinematic um, like reveal of an, a new agent. Um, they've been doing that quite a lot lately. Yeah, it was. Um, so I remember Phoenix and Yoru and the other the agent with the white hair. I. I think she's the Korean one. Yeah. But I can't remember her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I have to get on this. <laughs> I was like, God, please let this be me because I just, it's too exciting. <laughs> what inspired you or drove your interests in acting? Hmm. I think it's intrinsic. I think it's my calling. It's my gifting. I think it's what um, God's blessed me with. Mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody, everybody has their talent and gifting and mine happens to be for performance um, and for performative or creative disciplines. And so um, I, I, I don't feel like it was a choice. Obviously at a point in time, I mean, I also love people and hospitality and serving. So I know that um, by the time I was finishing high school, it was a question of whether I was going into hospitality as a, you know, what they were all saying as my foundation mm-hmm. and then pursuing performance because every, everybody knew. And that's, I'm saying that with um, quotation marks mm-hmm. that, um, you know, the arts doesn't pay and all of that. Uh, and so, you know, I tried commercial kitchens for a couple, uh, a couple of work experience trips at school. And I realized that not the passion for the arts and for communicating and telling stories and helping people through through that gifting is far, the passion for that is far greater. Mm-hmm. So that's why I pursued it as a career. Did you ever have to go to LA to record the voice lines for Astro? Did they do all remotely? How did that work? Mm-hmm. I, I recorded everything in Ghana, in Accra, uh, in a studio there with a really great engineer um, called they call him um, Kofi the Beatmaker or Beatmaker Menace I think I've, I've, I've got to check with him what his actual name is but um, Kofi really helped a lot uh, he had the the right equipment um, so yeah it was this was um, getting to a year a year ago now so I think January 2021 
And at that time, there were a lot of border closures uh, and so on because of COVID. So traveling wasn't really, I mean, it was possible, it was possible, but just not, you know, the best option. So once um, the team knew that I could get the right microphones and and have great, the, um, you know, studio space, um, I recorded everything remotely in Accra. Is there any particular person that inspired you or drove you your interests into acting? I think at different points, different things inspire me. I'm not the kind of person that has one, ever, ever has one object or, or person in mind as a driving force. And, and that's just me. I'm very, I pull from so many different sources. And this is, this is probably one question that I, I'll, I'll go back and be like, oh, I could have said that. I could have said that uh, off the top of my head. There's a woman whose name I've now forgotten. She's a Ghan- she was a Ghanaian actress. She was in a movie called Heritage Africa, mm-hmm. uh, made in the 80s, one of, one of Ghana's best films, uh, just before things sort of got difficult again and at a time when the arts still had a chance um, at great funding and so on. And she plays a mother of a, a son in in colonial times who kind of abandons his culture because he gets a job working for the British. And there's this one scene that she acts out um, where, you know, she's calling him back and he's walking away from her. And it just, uh, it was so real, Mm -hmm. so, so real. And I think those are the kind of performers that just make my heart beat really fast Sometimes I can watch a scene of dancers, you know, uh, in a movie or, or or on YouTube and it can bring me to tears. I, I just feel like performance in in and of itself is the inspiration, telling a story and making people, give, you know, having an effect on people to make them think about life differently or experience life differently always moves me a lot. So, yeah, I wish I could say, oh, there's this actress, like this one person or it's Denzel Washington or whatever. But <laughs> I think it changes. Yeah. There's always something to be inspired, to to take inspiration from, from everyone that I, I watch, I guess. In your opinion, how can someone maintain their mental well-being in this industry? I pray a lot. It's a space where I don't think you're ever really prepared for something till it happens. And I think that as especially as performers, you know, we can do what we do because we're so empathetic, I I believe. I don't know if you can be a great performer. And that's different to being a famous performer or a celebrity. Mm -hmm. There are many fantastic performers that no one knows, right? But I think to be a truly great performer, you have to have a very high sense of Empathy, uh, observation, emotional connection. I think some of the greatest comedians and actors and dancers wear their hearts on their sleeves. And I think that's why the space can be dangerous or difficult to navigate at times, because you're always having to bring your emotions to the fore and therefore you're not always protected. Uh, I know everybody has their way, but I pray. You know, I am a Christian and it's what has kept me grounded and kept me 
close to my craft, if I didn't have the faith I have, I honestly think I would have just gone for a really stable, predictable, high paying (laughs) job (laughs) that would have had me in a great position right now. But I feel like by sticking to this path, I'm living out my purpose. And no matter how hard it gets, I know I can always just go back down on my knees and just say, I really need help. I'm not getting through this. I'm not dealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my family and very, very close friends also who really understand me and my idiosyncrasies and my nuances and my my flaws that, that make me the performer I am. Uh, th- these are things that keep me anchored and help my mind to deal with what at times can be really painful situations. Uh, And I say that probably because my experience of the performing arts acting industry is is very different to a lot of others for many, many, many reasons. Not everyone, I think, um, has to be as vigilant of what's happening with their mind as as I do. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because I have I have a lot of things to think about. There's the whole double conscious thing, which is very real for, for, for people of color, for black people of color. Then you add that you're a woman and you're not just black as in American, but you're also African. So there are a lot of questions that you have. Did I not get the role because of my height? Did I not get it because of my color? Did I not get it because, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I find that being connected to the purpose and the the calling and the fact that uh, every time I go on my knees, I'm like, God, I don't know what's happening anymore right now. Someone says, sends a DM and says, I, you know, I main Astro and I love, I love your voice lines and it's so great. Or, oh, I saw some of your poetry and it's really helped me. Or, oh, I read something you wrote. And then I'm like, okay, it's not in vain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not in vain. It's helping people. And so I'll be all right. Sorry to bring down the mood, but obviously we, we I like to talk about mental health because this podcast is all obviously is about mental health. And I always ask that question because some, like I said, some people have different approaches to um, maintaining their mental well-being. I haven't found the right, correct way as of yet because I still have my doubts. I still have my worries. Yeah. And it's, um, you know what? I mean, I feel like... You know how they say everybody has has some kind of mental challenge? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really do think that it's because that's where everything starts and ends in your mind. If, you're, if you don't think you can do it, chances are if you don't overcome it in your mind, you can't. And, or you, sorry, you can do it, but you won't do it because you haven't overcome it in your mind. And I think that um, as someone who, so to be very, very honest, I have a lot of people who would have been in my life prior to the last, let's say, four years mm-hmm. that would see me today and not recognize me. And not necessarily because I've changed physically that much, apart from maybe getting a bit older and bigger, <laughs> um, <laughs> but more like... Um, there's just a visible shift in how I look at things and address things. And that's, that wouldn't have been if I hadn't gone through extremely difficult times in my mind, because prior to the, you know, let's say 2015, maybe 
I was extremely positive. And people used to always say, you know, I don't really drink and all that because my energy is quite high. And people were always like, why? How are you happy? And you're not drinking, da 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 da. And all yeah. sort of, how do you always have this energy? And it was just this internal joy because I was doing what I felt I was called to do. Yeah. And I think what that did was blind me to sort of the reality that one, not everyone will like you. Two, not everyone will want to like you. There are people who will work really hard not to like you. <laughs> yeah. Three, um, you have to understand that everyone has a different view or experience of life and that's what informs them and their decisions and their behavior. And I think that if you are living above that understanding all the time, you can you can hurt people and then you you render yourself super vulnerable to being hurt as well. And so if you don't have any point in your life where you have to overcome something mentally, I think um, you've lost an opportunity to connect with people, to help people, uh, to, to, to change or shift paradigms, mm -hmm. and to really become your absolute best. You know, you kind of have to go through those battles. And so as painful as they can be, as difficult as they can be to overcome and push through, I think they are what help form you. Um, some people will say to your highest self. Some people would say um, into a moment of self-actualization. I would say into your purpose, um, which is really important to me because I've said it like 50 times today. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we need these these challenges. We need to go through them to get stronger, literally, to keep pushing through. Yeah, it, it, it like, um, increases your armour, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I wish I, I didn't, I think I shared with you that I was going through a bit of a, you know, tough period, and a lot of people who had Astra would, probably wouldn't know that I, I was at a really, really down, like, low, low point in my life when I, when I got the role. Mm -hmm. And the chance to be that joyful, strong person again, even though it was through another character, was so helpful. It was like being my old self again. It was great. Um, yeah. And so to know that I could do that when the first couple of days I was, you know, quite unwell, not with COVID, thank goodness, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I was recovering from a really, from exhaustion and trauma. And so, yeah. Like, how great to say that I could push through that and offer something that people really, really love. I think that's like the importance of it as well. Like, um, going through such a, a bad time, you were still able to bring the joy and happiness that is Astra. Yeah, because it's in there, right? I um, yeah. I don't think we're ever just one thing at a time. You know, there are there are. Yet your body is one. There is so much happening in your spirit and your soul and your mind. And um, it's kind of like, um, you know how people talk about out-of-body experiences or whatever? I think that's, you know, the best way to explain, like, just the fact that at any one time there's your joyful self, there's your melancholic yeah. self, there's your sanguine self and so on. Mm -hmm. And at one any one time in your life, one of them is dominating and you have to decide and make the, and you make a decision of which one it's going to be. And so, yeah, it was good. To, it was good for me to know that, okay, she's still there. Yeah I, I, yeah, I imagine it. Uh, have you ever seen Teen Times before? You might not know. I, 
I haven't, but I feel like I've seen something similar to it. But do go on with the example and maybe I can. It's just um, on, on an episode, um, Raven has, well, like her father is really evil, basically. And um, her personality was splitting into all these different um, sides of herself. So basically Pink was really happy. I can't remember exactly how the characters were reacting, but I always see it like that. Like I always feel like my personality split sometimes and like mm. one's at the front taking over my emotions and, and things like that. And I think that's basically what my disorder is really. I think I think it was, they said it was emotional dysregulation disorder I have. Um, but that, I think that's just to do with how my emotions are always over the place and some things can affect me more than the average person or it's it's weird, but that's just that's just how I'll describe um, how my personalities and emotions yeah, react yeah. to things. Uh, yeah, that sounds spot on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it does make me wonder, d- depending on the society, I feel like there are a play, there are, sorry, there are times where People cannot handle people who whose emotions are visible. Yeah. Whether it's on their face or in their body language. And uh, I think that can be extremely challenging. I, I've experienced that being in a space where it's like if you show how you feel, it's it's a sign of weakness. Yeah. Um, and, it, and also something that can be annoying to other people. Oh, my gosh, she's so emotional. But it's like well, I, I had to really sit down, sort of get clarity. Like, is this a problem? And I was like, no, God made me just as I am. And that means I'm good. It means I'm, I am exactly who and what I should be. And it was like as I was thinking through that, he was just showing me all these little, little things like, yeah, if you weren't able to – feel emotions acutely the way you do, you wouldn't be able to write the kind of writing that people read and go, I felt this, or I've been this, or I've lived this. This is this is it, you know? If yeah. I wasn't able to say, I'm so sad, I'm going to go write three poems, you know, <laughs> the world <laughs> would be three poems short. <laughs> have, you, have you found that writing poems helped? Yeah. Um, I used to journal a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, pick you know, I'd stop for a bit and then pick it up again and so on. And I, uh, for about maybe four years, five years now, when when things are just too much, I start writing poems. And, you know, I don't know if they're, if they're like I've said it to people before, I don't really know if structurally they're actually poems. But whatever they are, they're not sort of prose. <laughs> yeah there's a little bit of writing in there somewhere <laughs> um rhyming sorry and so when I do sort of write them out or or um you know make a video or a voiceover or whatever with them you know I find people go oh yeah that was great and so writing the poetry has been important for me because um it helps me to use as many interesting words as possible to explain or describe how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I recently worked on a little body of work that I was like, I have to describe what I feel I look like. Right. From the inside. And, and it was very helpful 
Um, these are things I can't, you can't kind of say in a normal conversation, like, I feel like I'm drowning, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. <laughs> and so when you put it in a poem, it's like, yeah, that's exactly how it feels. <laughs> it's more easy to convey how you're feeling in a poem. Yeah. What you're trying to say. Yeah, because there are no, there are no rules. Like I, you know, no one, no, let me not say no one. Very few people speak poetically on a daily basis in conversation. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 And so you can use the words that someone would be like, what are you saying? But in a poem, it's like, that makes sense. My my brother's autistic and he finds it um, easier to convey how he's feeling in a poem. He's really, really good at writing poems. Oh, I'd love to read them. I'll, I'll have yeah. to send you some over. Yeah, that, I'd be honoured to read some. Yep. So what is the yep. question that you want to be asked that no interviewer has asked? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what question has no one ever asked me? I, I, oh, this is going to sound so boring. I'm really sorry, Reese and listeners, but I don't think I have one. No, that's um, fine. That's completely fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it was right on the um, spot, and, and most mostly people... People have always, um, I, I don't know what to say. And I like, sit here for about 10 minutes. <laughs> like, hmm, what do I say? Um, and not, a, a thing that uh, people have said most of the time is like, they've never really asked me anything on a personal level. Like, um, for example, like they've never asked me, that's what Katie said, I believe, um, who voiced uh, Mia Winters from Resident Evil Village. Um, I re- I can't remember at the top of my head, but she said she wanted it to not be personal, personal, but you know something about her and what she um, achieved, etc. But um, that was just an example. You could, or someone mm. said um, I've never been asked where in the future or past I'd like to go. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that's a good question. Where in the past, maybe, maybe not the future yet, because I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> yeah, where in the where in the past would I like to go? That's a good question you, that I've never been asked. Where would you like to go in the past? Now I have to answer it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, I feel like there are two answers. Go ahead. So one one would be like back to when I was about. I'd say 17. Mm-hmm. I could go back to 17 and start all over again yeah. from 17. Yeah, I, I'd be very happy to do that. I'd love to do that too, go back to being 17. A lot yeah. of things I'd do differently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like by that time, um, that's when I started just doing things that I'm like, oh, really should have chosen that instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we're in the path. Well, my dear, I feel like I'm answering this just because of a series that I'm currently watching, so it might change in a couple of weeks. If I could go back in time, I would really, would I really be interested in that? Okay, well, let me just say it because it came top of mind, but like ancient China. Ooh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'm really into culture and um how and where things evolve and change and how things mm-hmm. were as practical or impractical as they were um, yeah. before modernization. Um, and I feel like that would be such a diverse time to experience and to witness. 
And I do, I don't like that. I feel a bit like I'd be watching them, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, oh, that's how they do things. But yeah, I I would have really liked to have experienced that. And also I feel like food would taste so different back in the day than it does now, right? And I really do love um, the few, uh, not Asian, the few Chinese cuisines I've tried, you know, Sichuan and um, you know, the Hong Kong and all that. So I'd love to see what dishes I love now tasted like back then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd love, I'd, I'd, I love like Chinese culture and Japanese and Korean culture. Yeah. Like, I, grew, I grew up watching Chinese films. Like my mum um, introduced me to the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I absolutely loved that film when I was younger. Um, okay. Memoirs of a geisha and things like that. Yeah. So I'm watching this Mandarin one at the moment called The Princess Wei Young. Yeah. The Princess Wei Young. Mm-hmm. And I mean, super dramatic, but like, such a, like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is true. So I start Googling, you know, some of the phrases <laughs> yeah. and the kingdoms that they mention. I'm like, oh, these were real. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm so like, fascinating. Wow. Oh, the music's yeah. amazing as well, isn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, like the, and the acting is oh, yeah, the, so really good. good, really, really good. Like I absolutely love the eerie, which is um like a Chinese violin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. And bamboo flutes, oh, they all sound. Oh fun. my god, they're brilliant to the ear, brilliant. Yeah, yes, Have, and the sort of the color. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, come on, come on first. Oh, I mean, I was just gonna say the colors, the, the you know the the scenery and how 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 much attention they pay to beauty and the concept of beauty, you know, as with floral things and embroidery and, you know, how they royalty hold their cups when they have to drink. And it's just so detailed and lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, I was going to ask, have you watched Cratchit, Doggy and Dragon before? I haven't. You should and that, that goes back to the question about action. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't, it's not something I choose first. So now oh, yes. that I've started watching the genre, like you know the the films, I might try it. But it was a that was a was that a Hollywood movie or a Chinese movie? I'm sure I'm sure it was a Chinese movie. It's got Chinese actors in it and everything. Yeah, that's Jet Li, and yeah, yeah. I think I'll give it a go because you've recommended it. I'm it's, gonna add it to my list of things to watch that I should have watched ten years ago. If you like romance, <laughs> it's got some romance in there too. Perfect, because we all know Effie loves Roman. Oh yes, I'm sure. I, I'm not sure what the. What I'm, watching. <laughs> I'm not sure what the um the genre of the the film is. I'm sure it's an action romance, but I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm gonna check now that you've said it, so that we we can all like be at peace. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's got like romance in it, adventure, action. It's got some fantasy in it, drama. Okay, so it goes under martial arts, action, drama, romance. You said like three of those. And yes. then something called wuxia. Yeah. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, so yeah, it's all of it. Okay, I'm going to watch it and I'll you send might- you a message when I've watched it. Oh, <laughs> I'm 21 years late. That's how late I am to watching this. Okay, well done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a time passed since it came out. Pardon? It's been only 2000, Reese. I was, I was born in 1990. Oh my um, goodness. I watched it quite young. <laughs> yes. 
really young. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't watch it, like, when it first came out. I think I watched it, like, when I was a bit older. I can't remember. But I do remember specifically watching that film and absolutely loving it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to... Okay, thanks for the recommendation. No, it's, it's fine. Oh, and fantasy's in it as well. Yes, well, there yes. there you go. Yeah, fantasy. I think it's more the, the sword, the martial art that make it a bit more fantasy. Um, yeah. Well, it, it is a really good It's really Can't good. Can't wait. I'm going to give it a go. So next question is, what does the day in the life of Effie look like? Do you have any daily routine? And I'm only asking this because I lack daily routine. Like, I'd get up, lie in bed, depressed most of the day, like, no motivation at all. And I want to hear from people how how they construct their day hmm. you know i was gonna say oh i don't think i have a daily routine but mm-hmm. the one thing i know i do every single day when i wake up and before i go to sleep is pray uh i talk yeah. uh, i pray for my family my friends um the world when when i when i can remember not to be selfish and pray for <laughs> other people <laughs> um and and for me, it's not um, as mystical as a lot of, as, you know, people would think it is, or or mysticals might not be the right word, but it's not as religious. It's literally me just pouring my heart out and just talking to God. Yeah. Um, if I didn't sleep too well or whatever, I'll wake up and just pray, uh, you know. And so that that's something I do as soon as I wake up. It's the first thing I do so that whatever's bothering me, or whatever I'm grateful for, I've kind of addressed it in order to move on through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, previously, I would have gone straight to the to you know my where I worked, which was a, a theater company. Um, but I'm not there at the moment. I've had to travel out. So for now, um, apart from praying, I I love food, and I'm a very heavy breakfast person. Yeah. I'm not really. Like, yeah, small, weak breakfast. I need mm-hmm. like a big plate of rice or, um, you know, noodles or um, grits and toast, something like that. Yeah. So I love heavy, heavy breakfasts. Uh, and then, depending on what I have to do, um, whether it's work or work or work, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, you know, that's in different areas. I have um, a clothing business that I run. Um, sometimes I have lines to learn and videos to film for auditions because of COVID, we can't really go to studios to audition anymore. So you have to film yourself, Yeah. Um, which can take quite a bit of time if, not, if, you're not, if you're new to it, getting your lighting right and your position right and making sure the background's empty and all of that. So yeah. um, I spend time doing that. Um, I keep in contact with my close friends quite a fair bit through, you know, emails and WhatsApp. I'm not on social media, but back then I probably would have checked my social media and posted and all of that. Yeah. But I'm taking a break from that. Yeah. So a bit, I don't know, it sounds a bit haphazard, but I've never been straightforward or straight, no, straightforward is the wrong way, <laughs> straight <laughs> cut. Um, I've always moved with how I feel. Um, there are definitely days, like you said, where I just don't want to yeah. think about anything. Um, yeah. And I'd, I would rather stay asleep so that I don't have to think. Um, 
And I read something recently. It said, um, let me see if I can find it, but I feel like it really helps to, fit, to explain how I can feel some days. Um, okay, I can't, okay, it's gone, but it was something along the lines of, uh, a lady who was saying that her therapist said to her that a lot of black women don't recognize when they're an- when they're experiencing anxiety or depression mm-hmm. um, because they just feel like they're failing. And I think that's something that, you know, I really identify with yeah. um, that, when, you know, when you're starting fresh or you've not landed a role in a while or whatever, it can start to feel really like it's really hard some days but I find that once I've prayed about it and asked God for peace and sort of the strength to like get going again I always hear from someone or read something or get an idea that motivates me to get up and get going that's something I'm grateful for yeah yeah that's Yeah, that's it. Oh, and I drink a lot of water all the time. I have a a one liter bottle. Yeah. That I fill a few times a day. Has um, Ghanaian adinkra symbols on them that help me with some of the principles I, I like to stay close to, like endurance and resourcefulness, going in readiness and being steadfast, having wisdom, intelligence and patience, keeping communication and human relations open. And being having a tolerant heart. That's the one I'm drinking from today. <laughs> oh, so there's different versions of the bottle. Yep. So I have another one. There's another one that's about strength. There's another one I have that's about um, you know, God's guidance and um his supremacy and um his love uh and care. Um so yeah, depending on sort of what I feel I need to be meditating on or using as my strength to get through i just uh look at the bottle and then yeah. drink some water i don't drink water after like water but depends because tap water here in the uk doesn't taste very nice <laughs> and like <laughs> uh, it'd be so expensive to buy bottled water i totally get that um i think you can get like a there are different filters and depending on your your budget you can get ones that are like connected to your tap and they can filter the water and it tastes far better. Um, there are also ones that you can, it's like a special bot- bottle that filters the water for you when you fill it up and you can fill up another bottle from there or a glass or whatever. So I'd look into something like that because it's really good for you. And I find that there are times that I feel quite tired and I realize, oh, I haven't had a drink of water. And yeah. just a cup or two cups of water and, and you feel far, far better. Yeah, definitely. Start drinking more water then. Because I'm always yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always tired. My bones starting to ache. And then I found out, because I'm absolutely interested, I love biology, and I'm currently mm-hmm. watching The Good Doctor, which I was sobbing at the other day. Um, <laughs> I found out that um, when you drink water, it like, like lubricates. The, the bones and when you don't have water and you're dehydrated and things the bones start to rub together there you uh, go so you need to drink water ladies and gentlemen i mean your body is what 85 75 water and you'll find that the more you start drinking water 
you the more you really appreciate it and actually sort of when you do drink a glass or of some from your bottle you're like oh that's actually really good <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, oh I'll and tea i love tea oh tea oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah and there's also this thing my mum and I love doing and that's just uh, just a, a mug of hot boiled water sounds weird but um once a day with a little bit of lemon in it or just on its own that yeah. can just make you feel really great if you don't feel like you know making a cup of just hot water after a meal or something brilliant you say that helps the metabolism i think it does greatly uh and also if you're someone who feels the cold which i i do um i mean i can wear long sleeve tops in an australian summer so um i i do sort of find that it helps sort of warm you up a bit um clear does definitely clears the system um but it's also a bit relaxing especially if you have it you know in the evening about an hour after you've had your dinner or something. One thing I need to stop doing is eating before I get to sleep. <laughs> I don't know, Goodness, I don't know if that's causing, because I'd mentioned before we'd start recording that, um, having heartburn in the middle, acid reflux. Yeah, I think that's the answer, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I hear that. I don't know how true this is. Maybe one of your listeners can tell you, <laughs> or maybe I'll Google it, but I have heard randomly somewhere before that it can also affect like how you sleep, um, yeah. Because the like whether you're having a peaceful sleep or you have like random nightmares, I don't know how true that is. Oh, but no, I do that. know, yeah, that the body is then very confused because it's trying to work on digesting the food, but it's supposed to be resting. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I have so many bizarre dreams. So I could make movies out of my dreams. <laughs> and, and and sometimes dreams have actually tried to inspire me to like either write a story about it or um, do like a, a podcast series. Have you have you heard of uh, the Two Princes or that kind of genre of podcast um, where they voice act in the podcast? Oh no, but I like the sound of that. <laughs> I was thinking of doing one of those. Um, uh, about one of my dreams, but I was like, oh, I'm not very good at voice acting. And what I've, I've always thought to myself, like, I want to get into acting. Like, I was really, I, I loved acting in um, in school um, when I was mm. in my first year of secondary school. I loved it, and because I got bullied and everything, that kind of killed my my um, my confidence. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I'm too scared to act now. <laughs> oh gosh, get to it, get to it. That makes the best acting. Yeah. Experiences to draw from. So I'm I've, looking forward to hearing that podcast. <laughs> it is it is in the works, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen because I was going to find people who could who could voice act in there as well. Because I didn't want to act every all the characters. I might basically just wanted to be the main character. Yeah. Um but I was I was looking for people, I was looking on Fiverr, and I was like, I just don't have the budget to do it. Like it's too much money to Okay, yeah. <laughs> I get that makes sense. But I'm sure you can find a lot of people who'd be willing to volunteer. Hope so. Hope I could. Yeah. I, I, you know, you could... I, I was gonna say I personally think it's a, it's an okay story. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's a perfect <laughs> story because that'll make me seem narcissistic, but it's okay, it's not too bad. If it's good, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So um, oh. I was going to ask if, uh, if the last question is, what's one of Astra's voice lines that you remember off the top of your head? That everyone... <laughs> yeah, the, um, there's a couple they always ask for. Okay, the main one, there are two actually that, that kind of have equal love. Calling them in. And then I call you, what is it now? Give me a second. It does take me a second to remember. I call you Charlie because you're my friend. But maybe I should call you Jimmy. Oh, no, that was the original line. Sorry, let me read you the actual line. It's I call funny. you Charlie because you're my friend. But maybe I should call you Kwasia because you, you follow. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> yeah, that's a, everybody's like, I love that line. Look, the, the thing about, about Astro when I'm playing her is that she's always vocal and she she just gives me a bit of an uplift. Like I, I mean, I don't enjoy killing people in games or anything like that. But <laughs> when when I finally finish uh, clutch around or I've killed the enemy team and I've got a victory, and she's like, ha ha, yeah. Like after she's got the clutch and things, I feel really good about it. At first, she's, yeah, she just yeah. gives you an uplift. <laughs> yeah, I think she um. What, what did she say? I'm on a different level, Charlie. Literally, like yeah. her mind and everything. She just sees things from a different perspective. And for her, I think it's it's about the team and the fact that yeah, like I planted, like you know. Yeah. 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 She sees things differently. I think that's what gives her her joy. And and, and like I'd be lying in bed, just about to get to sleep, and then I'll just randomly blurt out um, a line from Astra. Like, especially, like, Trinity, you're welcome. That one's my favourite one. <laughs> like, I absolutely love that one. <laughs> I well, love that... hearing what different people like. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, uh, my attempt to voice him. <laughs> it was a good attempt. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I heard it from the actress myself. <laughs> I'm going to put yeah, that on right. my resume. <laughs> Please do. Top of it. <laughs> well, that, uh, that's all the questions I have for you today. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yeah, you're awesome. It's been great. Um, I, I didn't think I'd talk that much, y'all, but, you know, I've learned a bit, so thanks. <laughs> it's, it's always like that. I'm like, oh, who's my last between 20 to 30 minutes normally? Like, sometimes they go for an hour. Like, one interview I did was an hour and 30 minutes because we had so, yep. much, we had so much to talk about and to vibe on. Which is great. Which yeah. like, that's what I love about vo- uh, about um, interviewing people is because I vibe with them. That's right. You and you have this. Um, your questions are good to start with. They're not weird questions. They're questions that make you think deeply, and then you start ranting. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, you're great. Com- like great to have a conversation with because you share, and I think that's what makes um, for good interviewing. When when um, it doesn't feel like answer this question onto the next it feels like a conversation and so that's why I was saying I've learned a bit because you've shared some things as well that made me sort of like after this I'm going to go and reflect a bit and think through and read up and so yeah I feel like we've shared it doesn't feel like it was just an interview it was a sharing yeah. experience so thank you and that's that's what I pride myself on this podcast this podcast about about um talking about mental health but it's also about um making my guests feel happy and and um, I feel like they're not being like poked at, at personal questions, and mm. and like they're not, they don't feel um, like constricted. Like I, I don't know, I'm trying to find the correct word to, to use, but um, that's that's what I pride myself on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you should 
actually nearly got emotional at a point. <laughs> no, no, no. Like in a good way or a bad way? Like... Oh, in like a wow, I've come far. Um, oh. You know, that's, you know, when we originally started talking about doing this interview a few months ago, I just wouldn't have been able to, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to be able to even talk about um, where I'm at now so easily, like, oh, thank God. Like, I'm really grateful, really grateful. Well, I, I had some, um, a lot of anxiety lately and had to cut quite a few um, interviews, but I'm hopefully starting to get back 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 on it again. Mm-hmm. Please do. Great. I am joined with the fabulous Sarah Coates, who you may know as Marguerite Baker from Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, and Louisa from Resident Evil Village, and other stuff as well. And she's a massive RuPaul's Drag Race fan, and she's, and she's she's been in the show as well. How did you, like, get into, like, RuPaul's Drag Race? Is there any, like, particular reason, or did someone introduce you? Like, how did you get into it? started watching so jinx monsoon jared coffer i believe season four was we had done a play together in seattle so he left the play to go do rupaul's drag race mm-hmm. and they had to recast him and so we had met there and then um and so i was like of course i'm gonna watch and support my friend on the show i'm joined here by the voice of um, Evelyn from Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and Angie the Doll from Resident Evil Village. So um, how do you relate to Angie and even, or even Evelyn? How do I relate to them? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I find it best to, I mean, you have to bring so much of yourself to any character, especially a villain, um, only because nobody's actually a villain in their own story, right? We all think we're the hero. Uh, regardless. So, and that that's true of all humans, I suppose. Hello, Michelle Lukes. Thank you so much for joining me again. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me again. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I'm still invited back after the last time. Oh, you're always welcome <laughs> back you. regardless. How is it like holding it in, like not, like not being able to, you know, shout out to the world that you're on Resident Evil? some ways you just get so used to not talking about it but in other ways it's like you're always worried you're gonna fuck up because it's it has to be it has to be strictly enforced and so you get to a point where you're like almost scared to say anything at all because you don't want to get into trouble so if you could go back in time what era would you go back to or if you want to go forward as well. I would go back. I would definitely go back um, probably like the 1920s. I've always, uh, there's something about like 